Checking out, take it personal with my DJ 360. DJ 360. Full cipher for that ass. For that ass. Right now I'm cool with my man. With my man. Heavy ball. Heavy ball. And my man. I'm, 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 my man. Bill of Flavor. Bill of Flavor. Bill of Flavor. AKA. JK Basic. Glouse. Glouse. Yo, what's up? This is Be Real, and you're blazing out to take it personal. Take it personal. Take it personal. Yeah, chilling with my people. Fill a flavor. Kevlar. DJ 360. Take it personal. Take it personal. Hey, yo, this OC. Yo, what's up? This is Flood. Yo, this is your homie. Psycho Last World Famous Beat Nuts. Yo, what's up? This is Speech from Arrested Development. Right now, you rocking with Take It Personal. What up, what up? This is DJ Skiz. Hey, woo-hoo! Hey, 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 cool, Bob. Love, check it in. Yo, what's good? This is Abdi. What's good? It's your man, the original Dirty Mind Scouts. Jay was there to let you know you need to take it personal. They playing nothing but that authentic, classical, boom-bap shit. Check them out. Check them out. Check them out. Check them out. March 2nd, be sure to join the Take It Personal crew at Cash Only in Fort Lauderdale for the one and only Blastmaster KRS-One. Come hang with Phil Flava, DJ360, Kevlar, A.A.Ron, and me, Roger the Announcer. We'll be giving away tickets and tables to a few lucky listeners. Answer three questions and send your responses to info at TakeItPersonalRadio.com or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Phil Flava to win. That's March 2nd at Cash Only on Las Olas in Fort Lauderdale. We'll be announcing winners on our upcoming shows so stay tuned or visit our website takeitpersonalradio.com all right so we have dilated people's own evidence on the line just dropped his album whether or not on rhyme sayers uh ev thanks for your time this evening how you doing man doing good thank you for having me right you know before we get into the album it's um i I know that's what you're here to talk about we've all been playing it you know obviously since it dropped it's Personally, it's, it's one of my favorite albums of the year. Ironically, you, you, you and Planet Asia have uh, the two two best albums, I think, so far. So it's uh, it's cool that you guys keep it in the fam. But there's one thing I wanted to uh, to say before we get into the, to the music is, um, me personally, there's one thing I've always admired and respected and appreciated about you was um, your relationship with your mother. You know, I was brought up by a single parent and she did everything she possibly could to uh, to you know to provide and she passed on a lot of um a lot of her s- skills and, and interests to me and i think you know you have that too and, and i know you talk about your mom a lot in your music and you know it's it's um it's cool to hear that because not that doesn't always happen and uh, i know your mom was a a huge part uh you know uh, in your life and, and if you could just kind of touch on what she meant to you uh, musically just as an artist it passed on to photography i mean you have one of the sickest ig accounts and uh you've been doing it for for many years now with, with the pictures and i know you got that uh, from your mother yeah i mean for sure uh good looks the the um hmm. yeah i mean uh i think we all you know our mothers probably a lot of us are probably the, the dearest person to all of us um and when you're young, some of us, when we're young, we like to rebel or whatever we do. But when push comes to shove, that's the obviously the most important person that we all know, or at least 
my surroundings. Um, yeah, so losing your mom is, um, as an only child, can can be um, really hard to navigate through. After that, at a young age, and um, and then you know, if your father's not around, even double tough. My father was around. Him and I just had some trials and tribulations, like in some prime years, from maybe fifteen to like twenty, twenty-two. There was an absence there, but um, him and I have made it cool again. But you know, it's funny you say that because it's like I, I made the song "I Still Love You" for my mom when she passed on. But there is—I was thinking about it just now. There is Tupac who made, you know, "Dear Mama" and Kanye West who made the song for his mom while she was alive, and like. Yeah, it's always something that kind of bugs me. It's like, damn, you know, a lot of us do it when it's too late. And so I got to applaud the people who aren't afraid to show it while they're while they're here, you know. Yeah, I mean, she um just to give a little background for the listeners that may not be familiar, she Oh yeah, so my mom was a photographer. She was dope. She was like crazy dope at it. She was an actor and then she had me and um my parents got divorced and the acting thing wasn't going to work out so she just started taking photos and that led to a really big photo career and she was she was on general hospital i mean i grew up on that my mom grew up that's another connection there i mean my era yeah, was and luke and laura but i mean she came prior prior to that but she started out on general hospital and then i guess after acting she she did the photography and then she kind of blew up she had like Martin Mole, who's from Mr. Mom, Schooner Tuna, Farrah Fawcett, Tracy Ullman, uh, Punky Brewster. I mean, she really took on this skill and, and made it into you know, uh, this crazy career. Like Pauletta Washington, Denzel, wife, Denzel Washington's wife hit me when she passed. Like, you don't know how much she meant to us. We were the only person to let her into our home to shoot our family inside our house. Wow. Crazy like that. You know what I mean? Where it was like, wow, okay. So yeah, art is powerful. So, and then, you know, that's so, ironically, I didn't ever want to be a photographer, but when she passed, I just probably started doing it as a tribute. And that all just comes from graffiti, which gets applied to music, which gets applied to photography. It's all like the same left side of the brain activities. It's, um again, kind of giving the listeners a little bit of a background. You, um, you know, like the Kevin Bacon game, there's, there's like the evidence game. You have such crazy stories and relationships and connections that I don't know if a lot what of is Kevin Bacon? What is Kevin no it's Bacon the sixth degree of separation <laughs> yeah so like so so by the way correct me if I'm wrong but I think I may have this right so the first time I heard you and I'm not saying this is the first time you've ever appeared on wax but the first time I heard you was was uh the freshest which was uh red foo which uh, many people don't know but that is Barry Gordon's son who went by Kendall who actually produced uh, back in the day by a mod so i mean everyone knows that song but that's the first time i heard you uh on record you can't get pressure yeah, yes it was like 97 <laughs> 96 97 correct yeah, way before lmfao drink all day play all night let's get it popping i'm in miami trick well, yeah, and, that, <laughs> oh, we know that. So, <laughs> and that's the crazy thing so like how well, i want to kind of take it back a little bit before we get to the current time how did that come about so you know, obviously you're living in, I don't know if you lived in Venice then, but you live in L.A. Yeah, I lived in Venice. I went to school still on the north side of Santa Monica from a fake address that I had that I lived at before my parents got divorced. And um, so I still went to school with like the other side of town, basically. And then uh, it's like the Bronze Tale, two education. He was right. The welcome man is a, he's a sucker. Yeah, so I was like, you know, go to the school there and then come home. It's different. And then um, I had a girlfriend, and all her friends were involved 
or went to Palisades High School. And Palisades High School was uh, LA Unified School District. So it was like the Ice Cube stories you hear, like where cats get bust in from like South LA and Compton and Watts and go to school in like the Valley or go to school in Palisades. And um, yeah, out of that was Ahmad and Will Will One X, who was Will I Am, and like Kendall, who was Stefan, lived in the Palisades. So everybody would come to his house. And then um, I lived, I had a similar situation where I was living next door to QD3, who was Quincy Jones' son in Venice. See what, see what yeah, I mean? Here it goes. Six, seven, <laughs> eight, eight, eight. <laughs> yep. You have crazy stories. So, like, QD3. QD3 was like the. Who's uh? It, so it was amazing. Later, I got to actually introduce Red Fu, who's the son of Barry Gordy, by by and the mother of uh, his mother's a Swedish woman. And I got to introduce him to QD3, who's the son of Quincy Jones, and his mother's a Swedish woman. So like they completely hit it off. They're both like half Swedish, half super famous mogul. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like. It, they became best friends so much that he even Red Fu even moved to like MLK and Crenshaw into like Quincy studio area and that's like the first time I started going over there bringing Scott Kahn and Alchemist and everybody and were they yeah, the hooligans like, at that at that time when when you were when you had that relationship basically it was like you either go to my house or go to or Red Fu's house which was, who was Kendall at that time if you came to my house it meant you could probably go to QD3's house and smoke weed and drink and watch him produce rappers and if you went to Kendall's house you could probably get a demo well was also, it about so, escaping or was it about like you know creating shit no because before that I was playing baseball and I was doing like organized sports type things you know I was always like where you never talked about like your other life you just showed up and did that so like when i hurt my arm playing baseball i started finding weed and graffiti and rapping and all this stuff that like was so anti compared to what i had been doing before and then like i was saying around that time my pop's not around i was just probably wilding you know and so like a lot of these people qd3 rocka a lot of these people became like my big brother father figure types you know so you got tommy john surgery when you were like 14 <laughs> wait, wait, I don't even I missed it That was a good joke But I missed it Alright well Getting back to uh, To get to Smoking weed <laughs> Here's the segue Getting back to uh, Smoking weed One of one of the, the Sickest joints I think you've ever produced Is Slow Burning By 13 Who was originally uh, Manish Which is which is Jackal Which Goes back to Kevin Bacon And this I may be Fucking wrong on I hope I'm not it is, 13 funny, is the son Of Paul Moody I don't Maybe no, he's not. No, 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 no. No, tell no. me that's not. Tell me that it is true. <laughs> he's, he, he's been trying to pe- push this on the show for so long. There, he was in a group called Poet Society, and I think Shane, Shane Mooney, who was also part of the Poet Society. So uh, you, you were really, really close. Really, yeah, he was. Close. Yeah, man. So it's five degrees of, of separation rather than six. Well, look, slow burn is still a fucking joint. Like that—that is, that, that is one of my favorite joint. joints. Sure. That beyond, I mean, you. Are I know you say like best producer on the mic is Diamond D, but man, you're, you got to be mentioned among these guys. I mean, you have continuously put out bangers decade after decade, and and uh, I don't know if it gets talked about uh, enough. All my production has been too random. Um, I'm looking forward in, as to like I've done things that are notable, and I've produced a lot of the dilated tracks, and like you know the outside work I did was good, and things like that. Twelve inches, the far eye, and a lot of other stuff but to me it was all random and it was too far apart from each other and it's like years and so like 
it doesn't feel flesh to me like it's all like part of one thing it's just like part of a growing curve so like in the last two years i started doing full albums and then i feel like i'm starting something now where it's like representing what i wanted to get i did the mad child album so far and i'm Adamo genesis ep i have a Crondon album that well, how, how did that how did that Defari album happen? Because it was you guys were kind of like working on that for a while, weren't you? Off and on, that one was started and stopped a bunch. And so, yeah, but when, once I got once we got in our groove and I found what I was trying to look for, it happened really fast. So production is like I wanted to kind of like I'm not really hashing looking back on those beats. You know, unfortunately, thirteen and all I haven't listened to any of those things in years because it's like. That's part of my growth and my evolution curve, but I, it's not where I was trying to land. So I yeah. feel like this production is going to be like the payoff for all of the stuff that I did. I'm finally vocally and and uh, production wise starting to figure it out. I think a little bit of a late bloomer, but it's starting to happen. I'll tell you what, man, though, that shit was hot in the moment. That, no, it was, it was good. hot in the no, moment. No, sure, I'm not trying to discredit it. I, love, I remember the beat well. I remember making it and loving it at the moment. I'm just not trying to like. I'm just trying to move forward so much that um, I think some some people after a minute start to get comfortable on like what they did and like prize it and like cherish it and put it on a pedestal and then they end up like reverting back to what they did more than what's ahead. So no, a lot of people to... like to talk in the past for sure. But listen, as the producer, wh- what were kind of your tools of the trade? What did you like to use, you know, for our listeners out there who uh, really kind of geek up on that stuff? You know, what was the type of equipment you like? The ASR-10 was the... It's a, and Sonic keyboard sampler was pretty much the main thing. And then um, MPC came for a while, and I used either one or the, the other. I never. No, I used the start at the 2000. 2000. And then, uh, and then I, I would use one or the other. I would never use them in conjunction. Some people like MIDI them up and do the drums on the MP and the music on the ASR. I never did that. So, like with the ASR 10, did you like to like play the actual samples through the keys the way that people were manipulating and? Yeah, same thing. Just chop it. Just using the keys as pads. Yeah. The same thing as any, you know, just representing that. But there's so many more keys that it's just so many more pads and so many more options. And then um, there was a point right before Cats and Dogs, I, I messed around with software and I got into Reason for a little bit. So Reason was your dog of choice? That was the, yeah, the, the software that I liked that fit best. I did um, a song called I Don't Need Love on Cats and Dogs. The one song I produced on that, I did on Reason. And uh, it sounds really good, but... I, it's just the workflow. I don't, I'm not from. It's not my uh, natural workflow. Just having a computer and having something else and using them in tandem. I just. Um, do you do standalone now, or do you still kind of? I just. I just went back to the analog. Everything I'm right. doing is just analog because that's the sound of the ASR10 is the sound of the infamous Mob Deep. It's the sound of RZA's career. It's 36 Chambers. It's the sound of Timberland's whole career. It's the sound of Pharrell's whole. The sound of Jake One's whole career, sound of Alchemist, everything he did before 2005 around then, you know, and so it's like that's the sound that I still chase even when I'm trying to work digital. I'm still trying to get back to that sound. So I just figure I just know it better. It'll make me unique, and I'll just stay on the hardware. But um, the, everything goes in the Pro Tools, you know. And you can move move around and have fun once you get there and make it. You utilize the digital world more once you get it in. But I'm still trying to just have hardware is my main thing. I just like it the best. All right, so evidence the cat who's forever in debt to Blockbuster. Cat who's forever in debt to Blockbuster. <laughs> 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 How much? Yeah, see, you going back to the <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, how much how much blockbuster debt did you have, man? Come on, for real. Is that, is that, is that why they filed bankruptcy? That's a fifteen year old question. Yeah, I definitely was. <laughs> I was. I helped put them out of bank. You know, I had to. Do this. Hey, uh, so so listen. You know, you've 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 had this career. You've been working um, solo, right? This isn't your first solo album. This is actually the fourth installment of the Weatherman. Uh, this is three. This is the third full LP. There was an EP, I believe. Um, now yeah. now being with Rhymesayers. So how did that all come about? Um, what's it like working with that crew with like Slug and um, Ali and all the folks over there? It was a big learning experience and something that was a minorly uncomfortable, which is good to put yourself in an uncomfortable position sometimes. Um, and all that to say, just like, it's not just a record label, it's a crew. So it, it's kind of, blur you know, you can sign to a record label and just maintain your normal life. But with them, that means, you know, you're probably going to be on tour with Ali. You're probably going to know Grieve better. You're going to know what prof is. And you're going to know all these things that I had to learn about and that all have their own worlds that are doing really good. <laughs> you know, so it was like, okay, let me, let me figure out how to navigate within this within this system. But I knew I wanted to be there just by the attention to detail they were putting on everything they released. They never missed, you know, and the, uh, the Jake One packaging with the stimulus package and some of these like extracurricular fucking packaging things they did where it was just like, wow, like nobody else is stepping up to the plate like this. And then the, um, what really turned me on was just getting on Twitter, to be honest, after MySpace and just seeing how the Rhymesayers Twitter was being run, following it and just going, wow, I really like how they're promoting. And so after I did, I did the Weatherman first uh, and I put Slug on that album. I put him on a song called Line of Scrimmage over an Alchemist beat. Weather. Weather is very prominent in your album titles. Uh, you, you rhyme about weather often. I mean, were you like an aspiring meteorologist at one point in your life? Or, <laughs> I mean, what's yeah for real? Yeah, okay, definitely. okay, yeah, very good. That was my goal before all this. It was just creating a man project. Every man thing worked, so it was just find a man that wasn't taken yet. So red man, <laughs> man yellow man, yeah. you know, Gucci man, you know, any man, any man as a hit so. you talk about uh you know kind of independent label of rhyme sayers you know i i believe it was in 2004 you were uh on capital with uh with kanye believe it or not uh with this way you know what was like what was that like working with kanye and with that particular type of track you know it was very different from what you are normally what we know evidence as just was that more of a of a, of a you know, bigger label influence, or did you feel like you know you were more a part of that, or was the label telling you how to kind of do what you do? They suggested we work with Kanye West, but it really wasn't that far of a reach because he was just making soul beats to me. So it was like, all right, because you know well, that song sounds a little like "Get By." You know, it's it's. I think that was around the same time though. Like, yeah, that was, was like, right that was the same sound like signature yeah. sound. Yeah, he was probably trying to do that a bunch, but. Hmm. So, I mean, you guys hear the finished product, but I got to watch it get made, you know? And I, I won't argue if somebody said it got overproduced a little bit, that's fine. But the truth is, is he started with a drum beat, and then there was just a flute sample going over the drum beat, and it sounded really raw and really dope. And that's how the song got made. And then after that, you know, the acoustic guitar player came in, the live bass player came in, the John Legend playing the keys. Keisha Cole singing it first, then taking her off, then putting John Legend to sing the end. Then then the, all the, the kid voices coming in on top of all that. I mean, 
So, I mean, yeah, that, that was him, like, aspiring to be bigger than he had ever been before, like, with everything he was touching as far as the production. I think that's what got him to where he was. But And fortunate to have all those interchangeable parts. Yeah, in our, in our defense, when we did the rhyme and made the beat, it was a loop and drum. It really didn't, it hadn't been built up like that yet. So it was so, simple at that space. Yeah, when we, when we had laid the vocals, yeah. We went back in to make a single, so it was like, if we're going to do this, we might as well make something that's going to do that. And do you keep a relationship with him today, or...? No, I haven't talked to him, and I don't know. The last time I saw him was when Carmen was making, uh... What was... B was the first... What was the second one, um... On the good music, um... Uh, keep forgetting. You guys can look it up. Finding Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the time when this, the last time he's relevant. Well, well, speaking of great producers, I mean, you have a, a pretty great relationship with Alchemist. And it goes back uh, many, many years. But, you, you know, recently you started doing the Step Brothers work. And you have one album. And I guess another one that's about to drop. I know you have a new single for it. So a, a lot of people. No, that, was, that was an old song. That, song, that, was, not, that was a song that didn't make Okay, so then my question would be uh, Is there going to be any new music Between you guys? I mean, there are, there always is But we never planned on making Step Brothers We just looked at the folder of Evan Howe And there was like 15 things in there So it was like, we might as well try to package this up And make a make a deal with somebody So I got Rhymesters involved But it wasn't While we were making it there wasn't We weren't making an album That was like documented of just work that we had been making for no better reason over time so that has continued there's a new folder you know what i mean and when it gets full then it'll probably drop but the key with me and him is no rules no we know what song format is we've done that so long to break that it's just to have fun so um to make a stepbrothers album doesn't sound fun it's just something that has to kind of accumulate till it's finished you, you talked about production of where you want to be and, and obviously what you've done. And, and I mentioned earlier, I mean, there's not many people that are double threats. I mean, there's LP, there's Diamond D, there's RZA, Q-Tip, you know. But you, you're From that generation. Now there's a newer generation of probably a whole bunch of people who are really good at both. Like, But yeah, I feel you on that. On that inspired me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but you clearly are on that path. I mean, you have a catalog. It's not like... You just came out and you happen to be good at both. Uh, you have a track record. And whether or not you, you want to go back to that track record, I mean, Focus Daily to me is like you're living proof. Uh, that, you know, aside from your own work, that was a phenomenal album. And, and you always continuously work with The Far Eye and Planet Asia. And I know you have something with Kronzon in the mix. But, um, yeah. So my question to you is basically is, are you on that path where you want to be a double threat? And and I guess it's a two-part question is, do you see that your career is going to be taking more of a beat maker's path uh, now that you've just released a new album? And, you know, not, not right now because it's about to get into promotion mode. So I'm going to be start to tour a lot for this album. And I have, I'm sitting on so many videos for this album that I've shot. So I have... I have a year's worth of campaign on whether or not which I'm going to ride off but um, after that yeah the, the double threat thing triple threat thing yeah I just want to you know it doesn't even have to be beats it can be like Tyler the creator who's good at making videos and can direct and can do produce and I'm just into like I think in my era when we came up it was 
if you were doing anything outside of rap, it was like, fuck out of here. But now I think with social media and being led into people's lives and not everyone is just a superhero anymore, it's way easier to find out about people. It's nice to know that they're not just stuck on one thing. So, um, yeah, I would love to create a sound. I would love to get known for being a, a, a hill producer as well as somebody who could rock a stage or a microphone equally as good. I, I do see myself moving into the production side of things later in life. Um, for the next three, four, five years, I want to gun hard on this while my kid is still young. And then as I get a, he gets a little older, I want to move into the production side, label side, navigate how I'm going to fit in photography and be creative more from home. Um, but right now I still have a little time and it's still fun. It's still what I love. So there's no reason to let up yet. So, so you rock and Babu, you know, you guys have been doing your thing for over 25 years now, right? I mean, that, that, I don't know about long that long. I, the number keeps getting stressed. And I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I've known Rocka for, for 20 years for sure. But okay, yeah, so let's, let's know, say 20 you know, I was off by five years. Sorry about that. You know, I'm saying yeah, we put out our, I think we're coming up on 20 because we put our first record out. Uh, Work the Angles in third degree was 97, 98. Yeah, nice, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, first album is 2000. You know what I mean? So it'll be we got to wait um, to 2020 for 20 on that one. But unofficially yeah so 20 years working together with those guys right what's it like when 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 you guys go on a hiatus you know you have you have your life they have they have their lives but you know at at the root of it all is hip-hop and then and then you guys kind of link back together be it either on another group effort or helping out each other on your solo efforts what's it like when you guys get back together i mean it's just instant just um sparks and connection and boom it's just like you're right back at it again or um, or it's like, or it's like, fuck you! Oh man, yeah. I gotta see you. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, but what's it like? You know, just knowing and working no, with these guys for so long. It just, pick, it just picks up where it left off. Obviously, it's like those are brothers. You know, Alchemist is my friend. It's different. You know, so with brothers, you don't see. I don't have any, but from what I've heard from most people, they don't have to see them every day to know how much they love them or how important they are. It's just something that's untold. Whereas a friend, maybe you have to reassure a little more or work on the relationship a little more. Okay. So, uh, you know what I mean? So with Rock and Babu, no, we don't have to talk all the time. But when we right. do, it's the same. You just, got you, that, know? you just have that foundation yeah. and you guys all kind of started from that from that core, right? The, the platform. <laughs> um, the, difference, the difference is we don't hang out as much anymore just by yeah. virtue of life. So, so Ab, listen, man, uh, you know, um, most of the people that listen to this show uh, are, are, have probably heard some of the album Maybe not all of it But let's take a second right now For you to tell the people that are fans of this show um, When they sit down to listen to the whole Whether or not album um, yeah. What should they expect to hear From evidence on the Whether or not album in full I mean That's a loaded question I'll try to give you somewhat of a loaded answer The, the um, My fourth solo records um, all my solo records have been weather related weatherman layover cats and dogs and now this and uh, I just wanted this one to be take it or leave it or for better or for worse or just this is what I am honestly uh, it was important that if it's going to be the climax it has to be heavy so every song to me on this record can play on its own and then I worked really hard on the sequence to make it a sequence that plays as well so the, the best part about this album to me is that it works as a playlist 
course works as a as a, an experience like that and to me that's hard to do i just want to re-loop jim dean because that shit's fucking banging Bang. was good Bang. <laughs> i'm gonna quote you uh when you said to uh billboard that you were in a fucked up place when you made this album and i think we all can agree that some of the best music is it's dark heavy music where people were in a fucked up place um and i know it's too soon to call but a lot of people that are are, are saying this probably is your best work to date um out of this album what's the song that you're probably you're most proud of um the song i mean the last song you know uh, dealing with what i'm going through it's explaining with what you're talking about i really don't feel i've been getting into it so much in every interview that if we could make this one without having to jump into that it would be super awesome but um the the um the last song really explains a lot i've been going through and uh but the, the pro- problem with that song is um it's not something i want to listen to or ever perform so it was really therapeutic but the song i probably like most uh to bump maybe the title track whether or not produced by Babu or uh, a song called Raindrops with no drums on it you know just I, I don't know I can't really pick one I, I, I think um, the cliche of a different day a new favorite song is actually happening on this one for me, so. how about from a producer standpoint I mean you know you work with Knots you got Premiere on here yeah the Knots beats, the Knots beats and those are and the, yeah Knots beats are just out of this the, world the, the Knots beats are slamming slamming yeah so I have Eddie Sancho mixing my album, and he mixed MLB majority of he, yeah premieres. He's career. a legend. And so I have that sound that comes through, and um, the, I have a song called "Bad Publicity" that Nas produced, which is probably the most banging out of everything. And um, it's actually a loop I found in Europe when I was digging, and I put it on Pro Tools, and I just emailed him, and I was like, "Can you?" Because I was going through a lot of his beats trying to find the right one, and I said, "Well, I, I have the sample. Can you just flip it?" And it, I sent it to him, and you know, 45 minutes later, that came back. Just like, oh, you, you are the illest. <laughs> that dude is getting after it on the regular, man. He's on Instagram posting beats like every hour. Yeah, and then not, they're no slouch, nothing. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all hidden. They're not throwaways for sure. One of the no. producers you mentioned, I mean, he, oh, 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 and, and just to add on, I, to go back to January of 2016. You will find the Jim Dean beat on Instagram, on his Instagram. That's it was just fun. another beat. Yeah, that's mm. Just another beat he posted. You know? He did that joint for uh, Apathy, too, his yeah. first single. Yeah, I mean, Knott's, Knott's has been the man. He just gives you a li- just a little taste, though, just like 11 seconds. That's it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. One of the uh, producers that you mentioned, I mean, you, you've been working with him for years, is DJ Premier. Uh, you always you know, seem to come together. What's it like working with him? I know he's real... You know, we uh, had him on the show. Yeah, he's intense, but I mean, you always seem to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to say say the least. He, uh, you know, but you always have a good relationship with him. I know it didn't start off great. Uh, that's another thing I read. No, it started off amazing. What do you mean? It, so, yeah. Well, no, I found that to be amazing. <laughs> is is that you seem like you you're you know uh, I don't want to say you seem very reserved like I, I don't see you stepping to someone but yet you stepped to premiere on stage because you thought he would recognize you and he didn't and this is many many years ago no no that's not that that's the game of telephone that's not what happened at all okay so then so then you're you're live on the air right now tell us the yeah. the the 
the meeting between you and Premier and how it, it began. No, we I had met him a bunch and we were cool. He was playing my records. Everything was cool. It's just we went on tour together, but the tour was dilated people's gang star and rage against the machine. But the we were only on the tour for four days. We just did a leg of it. Um Gangstar was on the whole tour. So I didn't see him that much on tour and when I did see him it was at sound check and like real brief. So about a, six months later, a year later, I seen we were at Coachella, and I seen him and, and MOP and everyone mobbing up to the stage. They were about to go on stage, the one we had been on already. So I just walked up to him and I just said, "Yo, evidence!" Like I just wanted to make sure he recognized me because there was a lot of people around, and he was like, "Are you fucking? You're introducing yourself to me right now after we've been on fucking tour together? You know what I mean? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, him saying that." Yeah, you trying to play me out, like, and you know, but I understand why he was mad. But what I was, as a kid, the, the <laughs> subtitles in in German or Italian under it just said, "Hope you remember me." You know what I mean? That's yeah. all it was. So uh, it was totally innocent, and just being young and fucking having one of those moments with somebody you just idolized, whose poster was on your wall. You know, so it, it's fresh. That was I love that moment. You know. I mean, you get to work with the GOAT all the time. I mean, what's it like to have that relationship? I, getting back to what I said, what is it like to work He's with him? He's the man. Premier's the straight man. That's the dopest part about working with him is, like, it's real in the sense that he'll, he only sends you one beat. He doesn't give you a lot of choices. And usually it's, it's the one. But but the difference is he's crafting that beat for you. He's made it for you. He's not the type who has a lot of beats on a beat CD. So. And then the best part is if it's not the one, you can legit tell Premier, yo, I like this because it ain't nothing whack, but it, you can be like, yo, this is not the one. And he'll be like, that, I'm going to hit you with another one. And then he will. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you can really build with him. That's why everything comes out good with him because he does, as legendary as he is, probably to me, top three, if not in my personal opinion, top two. You know what I mean? But like, he doesn't let, he doesn't make you feel like that. So that's why the records end up coming out good. And he's a real hip hop. You know, so it's just like he I, I, he knows he's what made me, you know, his I'm built from that cloth. So for me to work with him, it's obvious, you know what I mean? It's like, it's going to work. So if he's, if he's top two, who's the other one? Who's number one? Dre. 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 It just, it just depends to me where, you know, what side you come from. But. Primo beats are made to order. They're not no whammy burgers. <laughs> They're definitely not whammy burgers. There's nothing frozen over there. Big bucks, no whammy, stop! Stop it, oh! Let's get to Ev top five producers, other than you. So it's just it can't. It's like movies. It's based on generation. Mm -hmm. It's too hard to. Well, no order, no order, but five of your favorites. Yeah, five, five, five of the people that influenced me the most would be. But see, it's just fuck because there's knowledge and like there's new people out right now who are like tearing shit down. You know what I mean? But it's like. Hmm. Personal. I'll just say, yeah, those five people that influenced me at a time when I was really um, influenceable. Is that the word? Uh, high, or I was highly influenced would be Dr. Dre, DJ Premier, um, The RZA, Pete Rock too. I, I was about to say, Pete, Pete Rock. Rock, is Pete Rock. Pete Rock. Yeah, it's list. totally, it's totally Pete Rock too. And so then, and, and then it's probably. Yo, straight no, straight up, it's Alchemist number five. Yeah. Word, 
Oh, Kanye West, man. Kanye West. Yeah. Oh my. So would you go would you go into a production session different for these guys? Even like let's just say the five that were on this new this record that you're putting out. You know, would you go into a session different with Premier to Knots? I did I didn't. I just did the same thing. You did the same with thing. everybody. Do you let them dictate or do you kinda start taking a little bit of the lead? Um Hmm. No, I would say, I would say that. Um, Do you back off because Premier's kind of like you know up there? No, I, just, I just, no, I, I'm not auditioning for Premier anymore. So like when I when I send it to him, it's not like, hey, do you think this is good enough for the question mark after? It's more like, yo, this is what I did. You know what I mean? And so it's like, um, or more like, yo, I hope you like it. I'm I'm having a good time with this or something like that. You know, but um. The people, I didn't get to work with Premier in person or not in person, so those two are bad examples because they're both in different cities. But like Budgie, Sam I Am, Alchemist, those people I really worked with heavy, like in person. You uh, missed the graffiti world? You missed like the, the Modi Yard or West Coast Tracks, you know? Yeah, I mean, I miss those places, sure, but I don't miss doing graffiti. But that was a huge that was a huge part of your, of your come up. I mean, graffiti. Yeah, but I still draw on everything. I still, you know what I mean? It's not it, I, I I practice my tag when I sign my fucking check every day. Rubbing that shit in. It's like it, it, it can't get away from it. But no, I'm not actively out trying to do that. Cuz to be good be good at that, you got to put all your time into it. So there's kids right now who are like I'm focused on this, they're focused on that. Well, speaking of checks, let's help you get a bigger check. So let's promote the album. It came out on Rhyme Sayers January 26th. It's whether or not. I know. I know. Uh, like I said, it's one of my favorite albums. It's early in the year, but that and Planet Asia right now are, are staying in my, uh, my CD changer. And um, there's a lot a lot of cats on it. You still have a fucking CD changer, dog? I do. What the fuck? It's a one disc. <laughs> fucking. Jesus. A one disc? Mercedes used to. Fuck out of here. They cheaped out. They gave me a you one disc. Phila has a CD changer, <laughs> and he used to watch apparently soap operas when he was a kid. Uh, so yo, I just I, learned that tonight. Can I? Can I be honest? Vanessa Marcel. I don't know if a lot of people know. know who she is, Come but she, she started out on General Hospital. And yeah. getting back to your mom, Ev, uh, I grew up on General Hospital, so that was a. There was a character for anybody. I've never watched it, but apparently there's a character who was called Angie the waitress, who was like played by different people as time went on through different eras. But yeah, she was Angie the waitress for a while. Okay. Fire. See that? There's a lot of stories, man. You could write a book. There's a lot of that that those Hollywood Hills parties or wherever that you lived with the QD3 and and uh, Scott Con. Yeah, I, I mean, want that whole on, crew man. to reunite. Scott Con wrapped on the on the on the Step Brothers album. Uh, there's a song called Byron G. It's me, Damo Genesis, and Scott Con. So you can go listen to that right now. Yeah. That's crazy shit. You ever say like, hey, tell Sonny hello? I used to chill with Sonny. Make eggs in the morning. Crazy. <laughs> Love that shit. Hairy motherfucker, but great. <laughs> yeah, he did have a really hairy back. Yeah, dude. You know, it's but like the world became hairless, but yet they were all like that at one point. He had the finest bitch. Scott, Scott, Scott's, not, Scott's not hairy. He's been in past the Sonny, we ought to hear what they had to say. No. No. This is business, not personal. They shot my father. Even the shooting of your father was business, not personal, Sonny. Ev, I want to thank you for stopping by. We appreciate you spending time with us. 
cop the new album, whether or not it's off Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. I want everybody to check out this album. It's you got you owe it to yourself if you uh you know you want play to play it loud again. We really mixed it for that to be like to. I know everyone says that. Yo, Ed, I got to adapt. Number one, the very first song, the first song on the album, the factory. Factory. Yeah. You, you got to hit hard coming right out the gate, and it does. Yeah, for sure. For Yo, sure. what's Towards that? The- What's that lady talking about in all the uh, at the end of the songs that you left some speakers or something and they want to trash them? That was great. Like there's like five or six songs that, that like have that voicemail from that lady. Uh, what, what was that? Been here for three months. Yeah. Uh, we're wondering if you're gonna come pick them up. Uh, <laughs> that just reminds me. Uh, throw them out. Got to be some store in L.A. Wait, there's somebody on IG hit me up and said, "Can you ask Ev about the t-shirts we printed up? Does he plan on picking it up?" So is this a reoccurring thing where you order shit and you just leave it at these places? <laughs> No, the people are asking that question so much. Have I picked my Mackies up that somebody actually just made a fake T-shirt and they just oh. trashed them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I might make them. You never know. I might have to talk to that guy. But yeah, no, I, I did. I did pick the speakers up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that woman. She just bothered me for so long. So I, I, uh, I just felt like, you know, I'm gonna do something with this. Does she know she's on your album? I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> So basically, she's your Paul's Boutique. Yeah, kind of, exactly. Yeah, basically. I'm not telling anybody where that place is. <laughs> They're not in Brooklyn. Yo, check it out. Evidence, Dilated Peoples, Rhyme Says, Live and Direct. Chilla Flavor, Kevlar, DJ360, my peoples. Take it personal, personal, personal. Let's go. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Updated, stay in the zone and no questions stay dilated. Understand, I exercise patience. Respect my past, it's the road these cats paved it. Now that we got that straight, it's time to move on. I don't train for sprints, I train for marathons. The long haul, we built for this. It's proven every year more people cop our shit. The point I'm getting at, we building an army. Couldn't thank them enough for real, I feel strongly. Right now, we parked in a comfortable spot. By 2004, we out to own the whole lot. Settle for less and short change So we keep our heads with us at this war the game And when the war is pain So we roll the dice It's all for the love But some pay the ultimate price Price Ladies and gentlemen Rockers up, party flow, master like, dear, 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 like, dear
Mikey for the Veribonds Driven to fight, living in the marathon Some can't carry on, they're tired of Phil Hill But in the end, real soldiers are still real Sometimes it's just spectators and gladiators Same party next year, haters, congratulators Buddy Princess and Jaylee, congratulations This year it's less funerals than graduation Pace myself, the saga's continued Standing ovation, dilated, flows in every venue A new era, place first, stop pursuing The shoe fits where it is Or download your favorite episodes of Take It Personal at TakeItPersonalRadio.com.